0: On this episode of AV Social, we look at how some AV professionals do their own marketing. From earned, paid, and owned media, we take a look at it all. All this and more on this episode of AV Social.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This This is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Social, Episode 41, Stocking a Brand.
2: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box. Hi, and welcome to this latest episode of AV Social. I am one of your hosts, Dawn Mead, and today we're going to talk about do-it-yourself marketing. Some integrators have marketing departments of many. Sometimes it's just a single marketing pro wearing multiple hats and doing their thing all day long. But on this episode of AV Social, we're going to look at how some AV professionals do their own marketing. From earned media to owned media, we're going to take a look at it all. And with me today, as usual, is my lovely co-host, Kelly Perkins. Hi, Kelly.
0: Hello, Don, and everyone else. Thank you for the intro. We Absolutely. also have Ms. Haley Klein from PSNI.
1: Hello. Welcome, Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And further down the line, we have Ms. Lindsay Adler with VCA. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for coming on the show, you guys. Um, so let's just jump right in, I guess. Um, we all either are or have been integrators, and we're all marketing folks. So let's just go around the bend and start with Haley. How do you define earned media versus, like, owned or paid media? Sort of give us an overview, if you could.
1: Yeah, um, so earned media is really anything that you get from positive interaction with your content. So anything from like um, getting your, your press releases picked up to um, positive reviews on Yelp or Facebook or LinkedIn, um, any backlinking from your blog to another person's blog, anything that somebody else is putting out there about your content to gain new a new audience is earned media. Um, Rather, owned is actually something that you're in full control of. So your blog, your website, your social media content, what you're putting out there actively and that you're creating. And then paid, of course, is really that method of promotion um, to drive exposure to that content. So it's a paid form of advertising or um, a paid means to get a further reach of of what you're promoting. Right, right.
2: Good overview. Thank you for that. Um, do you have any particular preference yourself for which, how, how how, you go about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think earned media is what is um, the most valuable. So because now we're in a day and age where it's so easy to ask for advice or get opinions on um on like a product or service. So if I'm looking for something and I can put something on on Facebook, I'm looking for a recommendation on this product. What do you guys recommend? Um, and then your product shows up or your service shows up. That's so valuable. And it's, it's that word of mouth and it's gaining new exposure to your, to your, um, content or to your company or to your brand. And so earned media is definitely in my mind, the most valuable. It also picks up, um, organic search it picks up your organic search rate it helps you to get new customers so really earned hearing what somebody else says about your brand or your product is really so valuable owned of course plays its own role in gaining new customers but also to nurture those customers that you're bringing in so owned of course is great and paid is again just like that circle that goes around the two to to extend the reach but if there's something where you're like me and you don't have very much of a marketing budget, really trying to attract earned media and doing that through methods of like surveys and asking for customer feedback or, you know, giving them an opportunity to talk about you um, is definitely like the best way to go about that. And it's free. Right. Right. Lindsay, how about you? What, what in your experiences is, is
2: the better or the the value of these <laughs> earned versus owned versus paid, uh, you know,
3: yeah, but well, I wouldn't say
2: ne- be people we don't have the money for paid, but you
3: know. <laughs> right. Um, no, and I wouldn't necessarily put it in the box of uh, better, right? I, it's kind of like what's best for you, what fits you, fits your budget, your organization, and all that, right? So, speaking specifically for me, I definitely migrate more towards earned and own media right especially you know I, I, I've been uh, here at BCA for about a year and a half now so really my focus has been pretty much entirely on <clears throat> earned and owned media which is you know revamping our website updating our blogs regularly right and you know working with media partners for coverage and case studies and all that kind of stuff uh, however um, you know I've really been shifting and that's kind of a big focus for me in 2019 really is exploring more of these paid media opportunities right uh, and then are very nuanced right so that's that's kind of what I've been um, experiencing so far really in, in shifting a little bit more to the paid media side is okay. that um, a I could use like three more employees <laughs> to I think that you know every AV marketer like we all can yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah without, and, using, without using an agency how are you going about deciding what type of paid media to use
3: Right. So for me personally, what I've seen, um, I take cues from the, um, social media performance, right? You know, I, I watch all the analytics and I see what plays really well and what we get the most traction on. And, and for us, uh, clearly the most valuable for us right now, at least is LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really where I'm focusing my efforts on. And that being said, um, I have also dabbled a little bit, um, you know, in the Facebook and, and Twitter, um, paid promotions and what I found there and kind of caused me to to step back a little bit was that there, each of those networks is its own little rabbit hole, right? So like I spent a day just trying to figure out the analytics, the you know, the campaign managers, right? The platforms just to get your ads up and whatnot. So that experience kind of made me say, you know what, I'm just going to stick with LinkedIn right now and try to be really, really good at this one because I think it's the most valuable for us right now. Uh, not to ignore the other ones per se, but just just you know, prioritizing uh, my resources that way.
1: Agreed.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a big key: is figuring out where your audience best lives and how to reach them. And you know, uh, uh, I, I briefly worked with an uh, agency, you know, where they were doing some marketing for a yarn shop of <laughs> all things—nothing to do with technology, but you know, they, they, they would do things on Facebook, but they went out and found like Ravelry, you know, which most half the people, if you don't crochet or knit or whatever, you don't know what Ravelry is. I only know about it because I was working with these guys. It's a whole Facebook just for knitters and crocheters and crafty types of people. So, you know, I think that there's value into knowing where your customers or potential customers are and just aiming in that direction instead of just, Scatter shot with a shotgun and hoping a pellet hits or something, you know
0: Um, Do you guys guys find it? Do you guys find that perhaps different platforms whether it's social media or Or maybe just other types of you know paid SEO that That the platforms are different based on what you're trying to get them to do So whether it's just maybe download a piece of content um, or actually get them to an to an event do you find it different? I'm, I'm just curious based on experience I've had. We've had, when it, when I used to work for an integration company, it was definitely, we had more people fill out forms and do the call to action for events on Facebook, but then actually downloading gated content on the website, it was better on LinkedIn. So have, have you guys heard that as well or f- found that when, when doing this?
3: So for, from my perspective, I think this just really speaks to that aforementioned rabbit hole (laughs) because I think it is true and it is so dependent on on what event and what platform you're using and whatnot Um, from personal experience I've kind of just scratched the surface so what you're saying makes complete sense to me Um, I can't cite too many specific examples of it Uh, maybe Haley has some some
1: more examples Um, so for me, I guess, so I haven't dabbled in events just because the events that we do are very closed network. However, um, I have done a lot of advertising with content and we did discover, I mean, not quite to your point, Kelly, but, um, to the point of different, um, different things working better on different platforms. So for example, like we had a really good, um, um, animated GIFs, really, we had a good response from those on Facebook, but LinkedIn doesn't allow that. Um, we were able to put more content out on LinkedIn um, with a different type of call to action and that responded better than the Facebook stuff did. There was also different things where you could tailor, you could get to your demographic a lot deeper if you went into LinkedIn rather than Facebook, um, but it also came with a price tag. So there were things like that. Um, we really tracked analytics, like heavily because we didn't have a lot of money to play with. And so we would track like what were the best times a day um, to do this. And then we would we saw a significant drop-off, for example, on Saturdays and Sundays, which makes sense because that's on a working day. So we would turn off our advertising on Saturdays and Sundays um, just to stretch our budget further. So we definitely saw differences like with that. And and each one, like I said, Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are the only two I've played with. Um, but we saw differences. I, I, I haven't done any, any of the market or event stuff yet, but for content, yeah, we saw a lot of differences between the
0: two platforms. So for, for a smaller company, or for someone that ha- only has maybe one marketing person like you guys, you know, how do you, how do you, as Lindsay said, not get stuck down that rabbit hole of a gazillion different platforms and analytics all over the place? Is there, is there one place where someone can actually just go in and And Check analytics somewhere or is that? Or do you have to do it within the social media platforms or is there a a way that you can do like a monthly report for yourself? to to actually Gauge and understand and and make changes with the analytics that you have
1: Yeah, um There's a lot out there. It depends. I guess so um There are things, obviously, free tools like Hootsuite, for example, where you can get a good broad landscape. You can set up a free HubSpot, um, the HubSpot free CRM version, and you can get that broad landscape. Um, There are certain reports that are free that you can put um, into your Google um, Analytics, and you can actually generate those reports, which I've used for a while now, and that's actually really nice, and there's a free resource we could probably link to the podcast for that. Um, but yeah there's there's different reports you can you can definitely run and then Having just a basic understanding of Google Analytics, you're, you're you're able to then do your your conversions and everything and um, set up goals, and so that too is a good way. But a lot of people just need help with that. Um, so if you do have an agency and some, they can help you out with that, or else you know finding those free reports online, um, that's a good way to do it. And then of course, yeah, like you were saying, just going straight to the platform itself is definitely a good way if you are focusing on one specifically because you want to be really good at that one. Then I would go straight to the source and see. If the reporting that they have there.
2: Okay, right. And so, yeah, it
1: just I was going to say, does that
2: mesh with your experience? <laughs>
3: um, well, my experience is really different. I, I think, and and that was that was useful. Please do link that analytics, that Google Analytics report for me. But um, <laughs> my experience comes more from you know um, limited resources, and I mean like manpower resources, really. So. Um, At the end of the day that this is definitely a big focus of me looking into 2019 is, um, you know, doing a better job with the analytics um, in terms of reporting on them. But that being said, there is a lot you can glean kind of um, organically just from constantly monitoring your posts and sites, right? Like right now, for example, like I have Twitter up on one of my monitors here always all day long, it's my news feed, and I'm just constantly checking to seeing the engagement and whatnot, you know, and I'm not going in and digging into all the analytics there, you know, I try to do that on a weekly basis, you know, just take a quick look at it really. Um And the same thing, right? Like I always keep LinkedIn open, you know, I keep Facebook open more like around uh, lunchtime and like later in the afternoon, because that's when traffic on, on Facebook is, is kind of stronger, uh, right? But it's just kind of monitoring how things are doing. And there's a, a reasonable amount that you can glean just from keeping track of your posts, who's liking, who's sharing, what the engagement numbers and that stuff is available on homepages of all of those networks. Right. So obviously to Haley's point, you can do a lot more, but you know, it's limited by time and, and manpower or woman power. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it can there, get myself. overwhelming
0: pretty quickly, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that? I said it, it can get overwhelming pretty quickly, can't it? Exactly. And that's
3: what I've experienced. Like I'll catch myself falling down that rabbit hole multiple times a day. And I just, I know that I have to you know, kind of lean back from it. Absolutely. So with any of the media
2: forms, earned, uh, owned, or paid, is there someone in specific in the organization that should be creating this media? Should it all just be us marketing folks, Uh, you know, or or creative teams? I mean, you know, is, is there someone specifically who all should be involved in this process, whether it's brainstorming, whether it's actually creating, um, Go ahead, Lindsay, let's start with you. What, what, what's your take on that? How, you know, How do you feel about that or what do you do at VCA?
3: Yeah, I have feelings about this. Um. Oh, okay,
2: <laughs> let's share them.
3: <laughs> um, so, I mean, I I actually drive all of that and I do think that that's it, it is a key role of marketing is to really drive that strategy, right? That curation, the conception of the content creation, right? But I rely heavily on um, my fellow teammates to really help inform that strategy, right? Uh, so be it, you know, certain people on the engineering side, that's always ideal. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, uh, they are also, you know, the busiest people and our and are hard to, to get a hold of sometimes. You know, I, I rely on my relationships with, with some of the people at VCA where you know, we, we can have lunch together and, um, you know, just kind of chit chat over, over some of what's going on. And that can be really useful. And I also find that while I'm inclined to, you know, schedule interviews, schedule meetings and whatnot, you know, to dive deep into that stuff. That's what I love to do. But I find that I have better luck in the unscheduled occurrences, right? Um, you know, those off the cuff conversations. i um, the time too. I mean engineers love to give you that information, but sometimes getting on their schedule is harder than, hey, you know, we're having coffee in the kitchen and you know they help me with something. Um and then the same thing too, you know, I, I definitely lean on um some of my more tech savvy salespeople and you know those the customer centric salespeople also just because they have really great conversations with their clients on what's going on, what what you know, a higher education client is is requesting right now, you know, or like how laser projection is, you know, driving conversations into, you know, retrofits in higher ed right now. So that kind of stuff. Uh, And just trying to build it out in a calendar. I think that's really useful too. Like I actually do keep an editorial calendar uh, really just because, you know, it, it keeps me on track. Right. And then it also helps me guide the discussion with other people on the team. And none of that stuff's written in stone either. You know, you don't, have to feel like, oh my God, this month we're talking about laser projection. We can't have that conversation about, you know, ceiling mics or whatever.
0: I found it extremely helpful having at least an editorial calendar. And when I used to work at AVI systems, I mean we had it, I had it going out six months and we just try and place certain things in there, whether there were good events coming up or different types of topics that, you know, were at this time of year or something, and being able to be flexible there, but at least it gives you a plan or some sort of framework to follow when you're, when you're going. Cause otherwise it's like, I need to do a blog and I need to do this, but I don't know what I need to do. And all of a sudden, there's like 10 things you, you feel like you need to do and you haven't done any of them. So, mm-hmm. right.
3: And events are a really great thing to use to guide that calendar, that content calendar, right? Like seasonal events right now, it's December, right? So mm-hmm. like there's cyber Monday stuff and, you know, like all sorts of holiday messages and, you know, messages of being grateful for things, right. You could take that in so many different directions and, you know, comparing it to industry events also, right. Um, you know, there's like a government video expo going on right now. And if that's your niche, that could be a great thing to capitalize on. There's great content coming out of those events also, right? So obviously, you know, um, the ISC in February is a big one, right? And Enterprise Connect, I actually had a client event the other day where they were already talking about Enterprise Connect. So, I mean, that's mental note as like, this is a prime topic for end user clients. I need to start thinking about the content for it now. Mm -hmm. Haley, um... In, you know, it's, a, it's that kind of the same question,
2: like who in your organization should be involved in creating the media? But uh, I know from our conversation offline, you know, you work remotely and your organization is just kind of all over the world. So who in your organization and how on earth do you connect with them <laughs> in order to get them to do some content work or help you out?
1: Lots of meetings. (laughs) Um, so in my experience of just developing some of these lead gen campaigns and kind of trying to get some stuff, um, going, um, with these different media efforts, we, um, one of my more successful ones, I would say we, we sat down with a manufacturer's marketing team, sales team, and project and product engineering team. And, um, Sales kind of told us what they considered a lead, so we defined what the lead meant. Um, Marketing showed was very open about tried and true tactics that they've had, and then the engineers were excited to talk about the product and that we were pushing and why they created it. And then we were able to kind of have this conversation, and that led into multiple planning phases and um, brought us to a to a good campaign. Um, So I'd say. You know, obviously, for a product or um, service like that, you definitely want to get at least those three parties involved. Um, but if it's something as simple as just gaining exposure to your company, which is a lot of what we're trying to do right now, because we're trying to attract different integrators around the world. Um, stuff like gaining exposure comes down to like sales and marketing again because it's it's who's out in the field and who's talking and who's that so of course it just depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to push but if it's a product or solution i'd say definitely get product management involved as you can um unfortunately for me that means on the phone that still works it doesn't have to be always the the water cooler conversation though i wish that they were sometimes um and yeah just just doing your, your due diligence and following up with them and Kind of being very open and honest about what you're going to try and do and keep them on board throughout the entire process, I think, is just super important. Okay. Um, So
2: jumping over to the topic of paid media a little bit, how do you best connect with media partners? I mean, what's a good way to introduce yourself or find out, you know, we have our own internal editorial calendars, but everybody knows, and Lindsay especially from your past, media groups, they have their editorial calendars too. So how do you get that in and know when the time is right to strike and and cultivate that sort of thing? Um, Since I brought your name up, Lindsay, let's start with you on this one.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so um, in terms of that Earn media with working with media partners, right? Um, it's not as hard as you think. It's really not. Um, so, editorial calendars, just filing those. Most of those are downloadable on people's websites. Or if you're a member of PSNI, Haley has them in our portal, um, you know, all in one convenient place, which is awesome. That's a great place to start, just getting your contacts going. Um, getting out at industry events is a fantastic way. Um, cyber stalking <laughs> <Media> <laughs> people are totally okay with that. They're professional cyber stalkers themselves. So
0: yeah. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. That's awesome. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe uh, not professional all, but cyber stalker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: but, but what I mean by that is um, making sure you follow the um, media people on all of their social media channels and interacting with them. They love that, you know, especially in a, in a niche industry like AV, you know, it's not like, they're CNN and they're battling like 50,000, you know, interactions on their tweet, you know, and an inbox full of hate mail. Like that's not <laughs> the life of an AV media person. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to reach out. Social media is definitely a great way to go. You know, like, comment. They love that stuff. They need that stuff, actually. So, you know, think of something fun, witty, interesting to say, or just keep liking stuff. They see that. And then um, email interactions also. We're always just a really great way if you want to make an introduction. You know, don't feel the need to, like, come out of the gate swinging with all these pitches. You know, I think it's good to, like, reference, hey, I'd love to pitch you on something or, hey, I have a couple great sources. You know, some thought leaders who would be really great to quote sometime. You know, just start small is what I would say. You know, it's just so it's not overwhelming because, you know, inboxes are overwhelming. Um, And the other big tip that I have uh, in terms of engaging media is um, make them laugh. Right, that, that's actually a strategy that I use just in all life interactions, right? If I need somebody to pay attention to me or pay attention to an email, I try to, you know, pepper a little joke or just something fun, witty, interesting, you know, be lighthearted about it, be personal about it. Uh, because in my experience, if you make somebody laugh, they are way, way, way more likely to respond to your email. <laughs> Excellent. Haley, how about you?
1: My, um... My tried and true method, or, I don't know, maybe this isn't the right way to go about it, but um, for me, I go um, like, to the press sites on, like, so ISC is coming up, for example, and um, we had gone global right at that point, and I didn't have a ton of global contact um, contacts like throughout the entire world yet. So what I did was um, went on to ISC, went on to their press list, grabbed everybody I didn't know. And I, I did a personal email to them, introduced myself, my company, why my company should be on their radar because we're going global and we have all these contacts now and blah, blah, blah. Um, I would love to meet with you at ISC. And so that's kind of what, what happened there. And then everybody who scheduled a meeting kind of came into the, the press list. And then everybody who didn't, um, you know, we would, we would try to schedule like a video conference and it worked. I'd say about 80% of the contacts I reached out to really um, responded. So that was helpful. Um, And then in addition, I leveraged my existing network. So as we get new members, I, um, you know, we just got one from, Trying to think, I had one from Egypt recently, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who to reach out to. Do you have any contacts that should know that you're a member of PSNI now? I would love to build up my media list for that. And they were like, I think you could reach out to these people. So they gave me those contacts. So um, things like that. And then if you are doing a press release and it happens to work out, um, you know, if you're doing a joint press release with a manufacturer or um, an end user or whoever that may be, asking them for their media list as well to say, like, hey, I want to help promote this thing. Um, And then, you know, making the introduction, those are kind of my tried and true to get to build my media list big time. Um, I would definitely, definitely say if you are new to the industry or you're trying to just build up one, definitely use the uh, trade shows as like a starting point because that has been very helpful for me. It's good media partners. They're listed right there. Contact information is there. So that's been my tried and true. Okay.
2: Um, Just brainstorming my own past in, in making it up as a one woman media folk for the, for a couple of different integrators. Uh, has anybody else on the panel used or had any kind of success with sources like, um, help a reporter out or Mm, any of those sorts of, you know, free resources for finding story leads. It's sort of a weird combination between paid and earned because you're not really paying to be part of these stories. A lot of times it's, you know, uh, for those listening or watching that don't know what it is, Help a Reporter Out was founded by Peter Shankman uh, a number of years ago. I think Vocus owns it now or somebody in the marketing world owns it now. They bought it from him. And uh, basically all the reporters for different magazines, TV shows, uh, TV networks, et cetera, that are doing stories and need a subject matter expert will submit queries to Harrow as it's, as it's known in circles. And then uh, when you sign up for Harrow as a self-proclaimed subject matter expert. Um, They send you an email a couple times a day with just a list of story leads. You flip through it and say, Hey, there's a story coming up about uh, video walls. I I could talk about video walls. So you reach out through the service and then you may end up, I, I, I know with my first integrator, gosh, we were all but eight person company here in the suburbs of Baltimore. And we ended up in business week, small business magazine from that. And, um, Washington Post magazine, and there there were a couple different ones, and that's actually how I first met the folks from uh, AV. What was that magazine called? It doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> AV Pro, I think. Pro mm-hmm. AV. Pro AV. Thank you. I was like, yeah. So, um, am I am I the only one that's used that? Because uh, it's it's a great resource. Uh, Lindsay Haley uh, so I,
3: I personally have not had a use for that um, I do think it is a great resource for um, the right you know it depends what you're looking for right like what you just described you know ending up in some of the local business journals that's that's a fantastic use of that if that's kind of your goal what you're going after I think that that's definitely something worth checking out um, you know if we're looking at more AV specific opportunities I don't know how necessary it is I just think the industry is small enough Um, that you're better off making these more personal interactions. But again, if you're looking, you know, much bigger picture, you know, you're looking more mainstream media, I think that's an an excellent option. I I don't have specific experience with it, though.
1: So I have an interesting experience to it, but it's my own take on it. Um, So we actually, so as generate based off of what others are looking for but what we did and Lindsay might be able to attest to this what we did is we created our own hamo we call it and it's help a marketer out and um, basically what we do then on a monthly basis is i'll put questions out um to the integrators or to the manufacturers depending on who you know whatever the blog entails and then we get we get their responses and their quotes and we have a lot of our affiliates um answer those for us so that we can promote them, we can position them as a subject matter expert, we can link back to them, and we have that whole backlinking and that earned media we were talking about. Um, We give them the opportunity then to have that on our blog. So we kind of took the idea, spun it around in our direction, and um, that's kind of our experience with Harrow. Ours is Hammo.
2: (laughs) That's actually great, and that's That's actually cool. That's a good way to get others in the organization or the greater organization, your members and and things involved in the creation
1: process. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, we've had good success with it. And then what helps additionally then is when their name is in the blog or they're giving us their expertise, they're more likely to promote it then. And then we see a lot, a big boost in traffic in turn, and then more exposure to our integrator company. So the whole thing just works really, really well for us.
2: Yeah, sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. It just builds mm-hmm. on itself. Nice. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> Another tip to add to the uh add to our list of tips <laughs> put in the, in the in the show notes here. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um so uh, you know, none of us currently work for manufacturers. Um, but in what way can manufacturers as a marketing person that you would like to see manufacturers help you with media, whether it's creation or um placement, um, you know, providing leads, uh, you know, what, what would be your dream situation with some manufacturers for helping you out in this process, particularly with the paid media?
3: Anyone want to jump in? So, I well, I've had a lot of experiences with this. I, I think it's a very underutilized experience. Haley can probably speak to this also. She works really closely with vendors and, and encouraging PSNI members to um, use those resources. Um, a lot of the vendors in the industry really have a ton of marketing resources. Some of them even have their own, like, marketing portals right that has like analytics and e-blasts that you know they'll put together if you don't have those resources right so a big part of my job has been just a reaching out and and connecting with those colleagues and finding out what resources what tools some of them even have money available co-marketing funds co-op programs right and that's money that you can use to run a marketing campaign so um, you know, a, a lot of the content that they pr- they produce a lot of content, A, so that's a good resource. A lot of it is very like product centric. And that kind of just isn't what I go after. But what I've had really great success with is uh, going after some of these vendors, you know, some of our, our long term partners that we do a lot of business for that have co-op our MDF programs and and saying, well, look, I'm going to curate a whole content series. I've actually done this a number of times where um, a manufacturer will give me a budget uh, and I will commission a writing series, right, where, um, you know, two out of three components, say a blog, an e-blast, and there's some kind of gated um piece of premium content, you know, the gated thing, make, I make it co-branded, right? But really it's like brand agnostic, the rest of it really. So I can produce these, you know, thought leadership style blogs and I can pay an an expert writer to do it. uh, And, you know, it makes my manufacturer partner happy. And there's just a lot of different ways that you can leverage that. That's one example of it. But um, I think it's very, very underutilized by, um, you know, DIY marketers um, and AV integrators.
1: Haley Kelly yeah, I think one of I was just going to say one of our uh, manufacturers, and they 're bigger and they do have a lot of resources, but that 's the thing is I think a lot of the manufacturers do have a lot of resources, so to lindsay 's point, leveraging them is key because they they want to see their names out there and they want to see you do something, so that they will be more than willing. I cannot tell you how often they 're like we 've got the funds if you 've got a case study we 'll pay for everything we 'll fly out there we 'll everything like so definitely get in contact with your manufacturer, get in contact with your, with the marketing person there and they'll get you in touch with the right person. Um, but then like one of our stronger manufacturers has, um, an entire portal that has ready to go content campaigns. They have the editorial calendar. So they, they basically say, here's everything we have for you and we're ready to go. And all you have to do is simply copy and paste or click a button or whatever it may be. Um, so there's definitely things like that, but I think, just starting with the initial conversation of, okay, we want to do something with you. We don't know what, what have you tried that has worked, you the manufacturer? What are, you know, does LinkedIn work for you or is Twitter your stronger platform? Because we want to, we want to understand your experience and then we can mirror that a little bit. Um, And then, and then uh, getting, getting the understanding of or like what Lindsay was saying, <clears throat> excuse me, doing the co-branding, doing, doing a little bit more of like, what problem does this solve? And then um, really working closely with the manufacturer to understand their goals. It's a goldmine. It's, it's yeah, definitely underutilized and has a lot of potential if, if you can just start to make that connection and um, create that alignment with your manufacturer.
0: I would just put a little bit of caution in there, though. I mean, be careful. <laughs> that you're not just promoting their products and because just based off of experience there's so many manufacturers (laughs) so getting too involved in manufacturer co-op funds and MDF can overtake your entire marketing plan very quickly Mm -hmm. so just be semi cautious there but you're totally right I mean there's tons of funds they have tons of good content they have stuff that's like ready at your fingertips so definitely take advantage just be careful to not get too involved in it.
3: (laughs) That's a really good note of caution. And I, that's something that I think I avoid really well, just by knowing exactly what it is that I want. Like they're going to try to push their products in your face. hard, And that's not what at least I want to be pushing to my client base or or prospects or whatnot. So like I come to the table firsthand and say, this is going to be brand agnostic or like, what our marketing is about thought leadership it's about selling our brains and our intellect more than it is selling any box or switch or inputs or outputs right so just you know being direct about that approach and some manufacturers get it and some don't and the ones who don't get it i don't work with them as
1: much (laughs) yeah you move on quickly they if they understand what a lead means versus like if they want 100,000 names I don't want them if they want to talk about just their box I don't want them but if they're gonna if I can pitch them an idea of like a solution or of a, a practice of some sort then and they're open to that and they just want to co-brand that then that's that's the gold miner that's and a lot of them are getting there. Wow. A lot of them are hearing from integrators, we don't want to sell your product. And our integrators are so open about that. They're like, we're not interested in your new box. We're really not. We are a solution-based company. This is what we're going to talk about. And they're jumping on board. So we're definitely seeing that shift too. I don't think that people are so product-focused like so product anymore.
2: So what I'm hearing is basically... Definitely take advantage of your manufacturers if you need <laughs> help with your augmenting your marketing plan, but don't build your marketing plan around your manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. Or, or owned. Use it the pad. Oh, yep. Yes. All right. Excellent. I think we've had a fantastic discussion here. I'm sure we could go on and on and on. I've got 50 million anecdotes from my time as a marketer, and I'm sure Haley, Kelly, and Lindsay all do as well, but I think we're about at the end of our time here today. I do appreciate everybody watching the show, and I appreciate all of you ladies coming on to the show. Uh, Let's start with Lindsay. Lindsay, where can folks find you online or find VCA? And uh, give us your uh, self-pitch
3: there. Self-pitch. I don't know about that part, but um, you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay M. Asler. That's Lindsay with an E-Y. Um, <laughs> and um, VCA is at VideoCorp on Twitter um, and VCAglobal.com. Fantastic. Thanks for coming today. Exactly.
2: Uh, Haley, you're next. What, where can folks find you? Where can folks find PSNI?
1: Um, Yeah, you can find PSNI at PSNI.org or PSNI underscore AV on Twitter. And you can find me at PSNI underscore Haley on Twitter as well.
2: Awesome. And thank you for coming today. And of course, Miss Kelly, my lovely co-host.
0: Give it your spiel. (laughs) (laughs) NSEA.org slash foundation. I work for the Education Foundation piece of NSEA. You can find me at on Twitter at NSCA underscore Kelly or on LinkedIn at Kelly P. Perkins. Awesome. And as
2: usual, I'm Dawn Mead. You can find me on the Twitters and most of the social networks at AV Dawn. I work for an end user now in the government sector, and we just don't talk about that online. But you can absolutely find me all over the social sphere. And of course, here on avnation.tv on various AV Weeks and here at AV Social. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and you all have a great day.